Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing great right now. Uh, currently at uh, Mom and Dad Pacheco's, paying them a little visit, uh, visiting with the dog and everyone, just uh, spending some time over here, but wanted to make sure I recorded this because I know I'm not going to have time tomorrow. And I don't want to feel like rushing and, you know, being overwhelmed. So, you know, I'm just taking a few minutes to get by and just record this now. You know, be, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, oh, I can't even think of it now. Damn, that was going to be a good one. Proactive, not reactive. There we go. Um, so, yeah, just uh, getting everything out of the way today. But uh, first, I guess I just wanted to give a huge thank you to everyone who made their way down to 3D Pro Wrestling's Mass Appeal. I had a blast calling the card with uh, Canadian Hercules Tyler Colton. It was a lot of fun. The wrestlers, everyone on that card, wow, what a show. You know what, props to them because they really gave it their all. And you know what, you could tell that the fans really appreciate it and uh, had a great time. So... At the show, it was announced the next upcoming show, October 29th at the Park Theater. That is huge. So grab your tickets now. They're up on uh, Eventbrite, so you can grab them there. There's general admission. There's stage seating. So grab those stage seats before they sell out because uh, you want to be right up there where the action is. Some, uh, it's going to be a good one. Already announced La Estrella from Dragon Gate, which is huge. Um, very, very stoked for that. And announced uh, after the Mass Appeal show was Killer Kelly is going to be in Winnipeg Wrestling for 3D Pro Wrestling. So that's huge. Grab tickets now and uh, be a part of this one because this is going to be massive. Uh, just doing another little, you know, wrap up of all the local stuff here. Um, CWE just finished a two-show deal in uh, Amaranth and at Lilac Resort. So uh, it seemed like everyone had a lot of fun out there. So huge props to them for uh, putting on that great family entertainment. And then you know that WPW has their upcoming show September 9th. Uh, more matches have been getting announced as the days have been going on. So check out their Twitter feed for the complete listing so far. I mean, I know you're getting uh, Mo Jabari versus AJ Sanchez for the WPW Championship, which should be a fantastic match. Mo Jabari's been killing it out uh, out west. You heard him when he was on the show not too long ago. And I mean, AJ Sanchez, he's one of the top rest, top Canadian wrestlers in Canada. Top wrestlers in Canada. So uh, you know those two are going to put on an absolute banger. Uh, the AJ Sanchez Mars the Specialist match from the last show, it's up on YouTube. If you haven't watched it, check it out. It is fantastic. Um, so WPW's got their show. Time Bomb in... October or the 14th if I'm not mistaken and I'm I'm hoping hoping to make my way down for that one because it's going to be it's going to be a gooder um Tom Lawler's on the card uh Brian Keith Dom Greeny for the Time Bomb World Championship in a steel cage so I mean that alone right there huge and I think uh I'm trying to remember who else Kevin Koo um Mike Speedball Bailey uh easily having a wrestler of the year type year so 
it's going to be a great, great show down, uh, down with what Time Bomb's doing. So uh, grab tickets if you haven't and go support some local wrestling. This week on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, uh, I was joined by none other, none other than Michael Allen Richard Clark. Uh, he is the other half of uh, Team Flex Appeal, the other half being Mike McSugar, who was previously on the podcast. So I reached out to Michael because I figured, you know what, uh, if I already had Mike McSugar on, I want to have you on as well, and just to uh, complete the little package deal. So I got the other half of Team Flex Appeal here, and we uh, we had a really good chat. So we covered, you know, wrestling in Saskatchewan the scene out there what it was like getting a start out there we talk about some memorable matches i mean when i was looking back i mean he wrestled cody Rhodes. so like how many wrestlers actually get the chance to say that nowadays um let's see i i'm trying not to give away everything but um uh, michael allen richard clark does share one of his favorite times so far that he's been a wrestler so you know what? Without further ado on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, Michael Allen, Richard Clark. So growing up, what was the scene like for you? Because you grew up in Saskatchewan, correct? No, I, uh, well, I was born in BC and I grew up in Manitoba. Okay. Like I, my, my high school years in Manitoba. Oh, wow. And I moved to Saskatchewan after high school and there really was no scene where I grew up because I was like middle of nowhere, Manitoba. Like, um, I, I, I'd only ever been to one indie show. Well, actually, excuse me, two before I started training. Okay. So there was no scene. It was just like what you see on TV, basically. Mm -hmm. So what was your first introduction into all of wrestling? Um, my brother, I remember my brother and my dad watching, like my brother watched wrestling. And okay. when he would, he didn't, he never lived with me. He, when he would come stay with, uh, with us, he would put on wrestling and he's quite a bit older than me. So it was like the height of the attitude era. Right. And then one of my friends growing up, he's the same age as me. He liked wrestling. And then we started watching it sort of together. Mm -hmm. Well, not started. He started me into watching it. And then that's sort of, yeah, that's how we started watching wrestling. Were there any certain guys that really stood out to you that really captured your imagination? <laughs> I mean, anybody who's ever rolled down my Twitter feed or anything <laughs> else, like Kane, Kane was my guy growing up. Kane, Kane's always been my number one guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, growing up in the height of the attitude era, right? So, I mean, favorite color red, big, tall dude with a mask, always yeah. like, like more horror-y kind of um, characters. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I like horror movies as well and, and stuff. So like it just really makes sense as to why I would like him so much. But yeah, I, I really, Kane was always my guy. And then when I became a teenager, you know, you become a little what you think is smarter and stuff. But I really liked MVP as well. That was mm -hmm. like, I always say he's my number two guy for sure. Even you go and look back and like, he really doesn't get the appreciation he deserves for like his in-ring ability and what he could do. Yeah. Like I, uh, I think over the last like few years since the undertaker stuff has been coming out, 
And everybody's always appreciated The Undertaker. I always did feel the same way that Kane was sort of underappreciated. Mm-hmm. But um, since all this Undertaker stuff has come out, it's sort of made people look at Kane a little differently. Mm-hmm. And like that early Kane stuff, like some of it's like really smart how he would do the, the same stuff as The Undertaker, but slightly different or like why he would do some of the things that he did because the undertaker did it this way. And it's just like, it's really cool to see the appreciation for him be sort of growing. Mm-hmm. Um, now at what point were you wanting to get involved with wrestling? Oh, ever since I can remember ever since yeah. I was a kid, like I always wanted to wrestle and it was always those things like, Oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a wrestler. And, stuff and then i really after i moved to i'd always like kind of looked up training schools and all this kind of stuff and then after i moved to saskatchewan i uh was like all right well i want to put on some weight some Mm -hmm. size and uh i want to train to wrestle and the only thing i had found was there's a, a promotion out in moose jaw but then i saw that there was a promotion here in regina so i being the you think you know something but you don't know anything went down to the show and if i deemed them uh good enough i would let them train me to wrestle sort of thing and Mm -hmm. i guess i did and that was high impact wrestling at the time and i uh i uh i i trained with them to wrestle and yeah that's basically the short of that part anyways you you mentioned uh, wanting to put on some size, and I know that you're really big into uh, working out and fitness. Did you start that around the same time as well, or did that come a little later? Um, like I did, I'd always like kind of enjoyed working out growing up and stuff, and always was like fairly athletic and like coordinated and stuff. Like I always did excelled at sports. Like I played hockey at a semi-pro level and all this other stuff. And Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to put on some size. I didn't really know what I was up to. You know, you think weight means it all, but weight is really nothing. And I I really started working out hard probably when I was like 21. And then I was still learning about my body, like in terms of like I'd gain a bunch of weight, then I'd feel like I'm pudgy. So I'm – I I, I'd want to trim up sort of, and then I'd lose like almost too much and get really lean. And I, over the last, like, I'd say five years, I really found out like what worked for me in terms of like keeping good size, good lean size and stuff. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's been a long journey of just trial and error and learning. (laughs) That's one thing I noticed, like, because I, you know, gone to the gym for years, but there's always been the ups and downs of because not really knowing exactly what I'm doing or even with eating you know having issues with that not taking in the proper stuff and I mean I'm up there in age now but like I'm at a a spot where I'm happy with what I'm doing yeah 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 it's just like uh really dialing in and figuring out what works for you because everybody's different too like what works for me might not work for somebody else Mm -hmm. maybe my body takes the things better and I'm sure there's people out there that their bodies would take even better than mine does, but it's just, yeah, it's a lot of trial and error. And like you said, with the eating and you notice what, like you put on some bad weight or some whatever, and then you know what you have to do to lean up. It's just, 
Yeah. And I, I think one thing that gets underlooked with uh, fitness is the psychological aspect with a lot of it. I think there's a lot of ways that it can go to an almost unhealthy route that you really have to be, you know, dialed into what you're, the knowledge you're bringing in and what you're putting out there. Yeah, I agree with that. And like, if, if there's a lot of it that like, it, it messes with you too, like a lot of body dysmorphia is very mm-hmm. common in the fitness community, of course, because why do we work out? We want to look better because we're not maybe not happy with the way we look now or to be healthier, right? Like that's a very common thing. And um, yeah, even like psychologically, like you're saying, it, it's it can be tough on some people to push yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Like I being like I said, an athlete and whatever, like I think that just kind of helps. And like I have always enjoyed that. I can understand where some people – wouldn't enjoy it and it wouldn't be for them and that's all the that's fine as well yeah uh i know one thing because you know people sometimes ask like you know about fitness or getting into it and i always say you have to find something you like doing you know just to start going to the gym and being like i'm just going to lift weights it's like well if you don't like it you're not going to get into it you know so if it's you know going for walks or whatever just to do something you enjoy absolutely i i agree with that you have to enjoy if you want to get into fitness, you have to enjoy what you're doing, whether it be a pick up a sport, a hobby, bike riding, walking, like you said. If you enjoy weightlifting, good on you, body weight stuff, whatever. As long as you enjoy it, yeah, I mean, and it gets you moving, that's all that matters. Exactly. So you got trained at High Impact. Um, what do you remember from then? Because that was over 10 years ago or right around then? Yeah, yeah, just a little over. Um, huh. It was interesting. Like, I mean, just like this 19 year old kid just didn't know anything about the world. (laughs) Right. And you come and I get told to meet at this address and it's like right in the middle of the hood and how it worked out was uh, the owner at the time would rent the backyard and garage from whoever. And then the house in front was either empty or rented out as well. So you're literally off the train tracks in the middle of the hood here. And one of the summers, the second summer was like, there was uh, people actually, excuse me, dealing drugs out of the house. So you'd have, he said up to 200 people a day coming through the yard and there's needles around everywhere. And it's just like kind of, kind of eye opening for like a guy from a small town who's never been around that kind of stuff or been exposed to that. I guess I was a little uh, innocent in that way. And Mm -hmm. Not that I'm doing drugs or anything. It was just like, whoa, what the heck? Like you're just seeing these types of people around and the needles and unfortunately the substance abuse and, and things like that. You you can't help but feel sorry. But it was just very interesting experience in that sense. But yeah, it was it was it was awesome regardless. Mm-hmm. When you went, is there anyone still like from your training? group that was there that still goes today i was the only person that started training when i trained okay i was the only new guy and all quite a few of the guys that were like around to train me are still around Mm -hmm. but there was no one new with me i've uh robbie gamble just started a year before me and then after me i'm trying to remember the next real batch was like the alexander prime 
Sean Moore, Jacob Creed batch was mm-hmm. after me, but that was like not for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, back then, I mean, it's probably a little different than how training is now. If you were to go to a, you know, a training school, did the guys at least welcome you in or was it more of like an old school boys mentality there? Um, I was all, I always thought I was well liked. Okay. Um, I never, the locker room was very clicky, but I was sort of just one of the, I was just happy to be there and friends with, mm-hmm. I don't know if I was necessarily friends with everyone, but I was kind of in all the groups and in, in some ways and everybody liked me and the young eager guy. And I don't know, maybe I had a good attitude or listen well or whatever, but just, you know, just happy to be there. And the, the, the boys room mentality, like really wasn't, it wasn't there. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't, I missed a lot of the bad stuff. I'd heard stories. Um, I mean, they roughed me up a little bit here and there, but I mean, you just don't complain and they won't do it again. Right. Like you just kind of take your lumps. Right. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like they're, they're being excessive to me either. I don't want to put that out there. Like, I mean, everybody, you get chopped up or you get roughed up, but then if you get the guys that are whining and complaining about it, okay, well then they're going to go out of their way to keep doing that to them. Whereas Mm -hmm. if you just keep your mouth shut, don't say anything, just take it. Then they're going to leave you. Yeah, completely. Uh, How long after you had started training before uh, you had your first match? Uh, about two months. <laughs> two months. Do you remember much about it? Yeah, I do. Um, it was not very good, and it was <laughs> like truly like the best experience is like working in front of a crowd and wrestling matches. Like, there's no experience like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can like put together a match and have training matches all you want, but once you're there, it's like way different. At least that's what it was for me. And um, the the gentleman I was wrestling was very inebriated that day, and mm. it had we had a vinyl canvas, and it, it had rained, so the canvas was like ice, and it was just it was a mess. <laughs> we not were slipping a, and in everywhere. It was it wasn't good. Yeah, not a good situation at all. No, no. <laughs> but uh, I mean, a fun experience to look back on, but mm-hmm. just like oof. It, you know, you had mentioned, you know, like the training of wrestling in front of crowds and how that's where you kind of grow. And I've talked to so many people who got the start, their starts during the pandemic and they didn't have that opportunity. And now they're kind of growing and learning more with the crowds actually there. Yeah, that'd be, that's crazy to think of like wrestling, not in front of a crowd at first. And um, mm-hmm. that's sort of like how you figure out whether things work or like, things that you do or whatever gets over sort of thing. I mean, I guess with the pandemic, maybe people are making gifts and sharing something or I really don't know, but that's sort of, at least that's what I've always sort of deemed is just sort of like try something. And if the crowd reacts really well, okay, well, I'm going to keep that. I'm going to take that. Or if it went really well, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can learn so much just from that reaction, you know, even your initial entrance, you can see what works, what doesn't, and just build off of that, let alone what you do in the ring. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
even just like cutting promos, you can figure out what like works for riling up crowds or if you're losing them. And I mean, their crowds are different and have different, uh, I want to say like, um, not intelligence, but they grasp different things in different mm-hmm. areas. But for the most part, you could take things around and do them anywhere and it should get the same reaction, right? So mm-hmm. you just figure out what works. At least that's what I've always tried to do. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a, a solid point there. Um, how, like, when you first started wrestling, I mean, now you know you're full on after your flex appeal tag team, you know, like weightlifting, fitness, and all that. What about when you started? Like, how did that all come to be? Um, like the flex appeal stuff, or yeah. before? Uh, getting into your current uh, persona, so to say. I went to an ROH camp okay. and I didn't have a character and this was 2013 or 2014 and I was just like a baby face whatever like big not a big fish in a little pond but like everybody telling you oh you're great blah blah and then you go to this camp and you're not so uh, great anymore right like mm-hmm. there's other people that are just like you and then I got kind of picked on delirious, like point out, he's like, what's your character? And I'm like, uh, I didn't really have one. Mm-hmm. So then after I came back, I'm like, all right, I need to figure something out. And, uh, at the time I was really into the bro science guy. I don't know if you've ever seen him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dom. Dom Mazzetti. Yeah. Dom Mazzetti. Yeah. <laughs> so he was like blowing up at that time. Like that was like his first number of videos at that time. And I'm like, this guy's so funny and he's so stupid and he's so, you know, just everything he does is just so entertaining and he's such a piece of shit. And I'm like, (laughs) it seems like everybody wants to be the tough, like at that time, everybody wanted to be tough or the tough bad guy or, you know, whatever. I'm like, oh, nobody's being real cowardly and like goofy and silly and poking fun at themselves. Like I've had things where I, I can't read and stuff like I don't care like I'll poke fun at myself right mm-hmm. so I, I just thought he was really entertaining and that's where I stole the the gym stuff from was from him actually I, I had watched a couple of your uh, videos it was the losing the COVID 50 and I didn't oh, know yeah. they were out there I, I punched it up and I was just howling while I was on the treadmill it was great <laughs> stuff well, that's great I'm happy to hear that <laughs> um what about teaming up with mike i know i had talked to him and he had shared the story but i always like to get it from both uh, perspectives you know because it's different experiences for both of you yeah yeah um at the time we i had just turned heel well i've been heel for a little, little bit and i was just trying a bunch of different stuff and i was really into wcw jericho at the time so i was doing like goofy hair and goofy beard and all mm-hmm. this other stuff being as goofy as i can right and then when we got put together i was like oh freaking tag team i don't want to tag i want to be you know i want to be a singles guy but then i'm like all right well let's let's actually like give her hard like let's get matching gear let's figure some stuff out and we'll go from there and like that's basically what we did is like we got matching gear and then we like worked out our stuff that we'll do all the time and we we really played off each other really well because uh our sense of humor is very similar i'm sure mm-hmm. he's probably said that and yeah. uh it's it's just like we play off each other so well in terms of like the way his character was being the 
uh, unsure if they're what way they go sort of thing. And then me being like this, the dummy that doesn't understand and him always constantly hitting on me and being me being oblivious or rejecting his advances. It just really worked out really well. And it's actually one of my favorite parts of, uh, of what I've done is stuff with him. Like we were going around at that time, traveling around a little bit more. I wish he was a little younger because I think that really, what may have stopped some things because he's 10 years older than me, but mm-hmm. I mean, we had a lot of fun with it. So see, I like hearing that because you, you mentioned it's one of your favorite times that you've had. And it's like, cause you know, you see people wrestling and, you know, obviously they're doing it. They enjoy it. But to hear that, just how much it you enjoyed it, that like, as a, li- like, you know, someone talked to you as a listener, it's like, that's really cool. You know, like that it meant that much to you. Yeah, like, and it's funny because it started as like, well, but then it's like, all right, you know what, let's make the most of this. Like, let's do what we can get matching. Nobody on the Indies around here anyways has matching gear. Well, they do now, but back Mm -hmm. then they didn't. And just things like that. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And that was like that the high impacts, like peak time at that time, we were getting 350, 200, well, maybe not, maybe 250 to 300 at every show. And we were getting filmed every month for access. And we got to cut all these like fun vignettes and promos in the back. And oh, it was just a blast. And mm-hmm. we had some really fun matches at that time. And it's not even about the matches, it's more just looking, excuse me, looking back and being like, cool, like those promos were a lot of fun, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to do some like fun things. So. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with it. The first time, well, the first indie show that I saw when I got kind of got back into going to them, you you and Mike actually wrestled. It was at a PCW show here in Winnipeg. I want to say it was against the Londons. I can't remember, but I think it was them. But yeah, that you were on one of the shows when I first started getting back into it. So Oh, wow. That's funny. Yeah, it probably would have been. Like, I didn't do many tags that weren't against the Londons in mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form or another. So yeah okay pcw oh that's fun yeah so i know you've done pcw you've done uh some of the cwe tours as well um what was that experience like for you like with cwe or yeah with cwe doing you know like the i'm not sure if it was a full tour but you still did work quite regularly a couple shows in a row yeah like um i'd usually do like he always kind of gets the hometown guys that come do the hometown kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. uh it's it's fun though work in front of your hometown and like the last one that I did was with psychosis and we had a really good draw there and yeah it, it's kind of cool because they usually get the hometown guy usually gets the work the name as well so yeah it's a lot of fun um always enjoyed working out in Dauphin and stuff and it's a nice chance it's like my parents were out there at one at that time so you okay. could make use and go stay with them yeah (laughs) uh when i was looking at your cage match uh, because i always like to go back see you know just some of the people you faced off with you know like seeing that you and sean moore had you know back and forth matches um and then when i was looking at one of the cwe lineups i saw you fought uh naomi yoshimura from ddt yeah i did that's incredible to like go and look at seeing where they are now that you faced off with them. Just like the experience involved with it. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. He was a lot of fun. And like he, at the time, anyways, he couldn't speak hardly any English. So we were just, he was a great guy to work with. I 
I think we had a pretty good match. That was actually for CWE, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there was also um, ACH was out yeah. there. Kenny Omega's been on that list. The famous Cody Rhodes match, of course. I've been pretty lucky to get a few interesting guys in well, the ring with me. I was going to ask about the Cody Rhodes match because, I mean, that's when he had gone back to doing indie shows and it's you know he was out there but he didn't do tons of them and you had the opportunity to wrestle him yeah i think um i think we kind of got a little bit of that because he had wrestled for pwa as well he wrestled mrb out there gotcha and i think that sort of helped but he he claims that when he came out he didn't know it was real until he got there so i assume he just got paid beforehand and was like all right well let's just go and see and i think we uh we gave him a pretty good like an eyebrow raising thing because of how rabid our saskatoon fan base is Mm -hmm. yeah that was a lot of fun and he's such a nice guy such a humble guy and as always was really nice about everything and uh it's funny it it was right before he did the first all-in show that was okay. right before because he had he had sold out all in, like we we had known that at that show. So that that's kind of cool. Like it was probably his last real major indie thing before he stopped doing them again. I I would think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a really cool really cool experience. I like that. That was like finally. Sorry, that was the uh, that was the match where I'm like, okay, like I belong. Like I can hang with these guys. You know. Mm-hmm like you mentioned that you know like this is the match where you know like that you can hang now like after you have that sort of match like that must just drive the determination and like the wanting to like keep pushing yourself more and more and get your name out there am i am i wrong in saying that no no not at all um that was like the one where i'm like okay like i can do this i belong whatever and then like we had the big rumble show with Foley after that. And then 2018 was a really good year. And then 2019, we had our, like that WWE tryout and we did the stuff on, like we were an extra on raw and stuff. And I had a match like before, like during the, before any of the fans were in, like just one of the agent matches and stuff. And like, all that stuff and all that feedback was super cool and super like such a good momentum wave. And then the pandemic happened and that just like shut it all down. It really (laughs) killed the momentum there. I mean, you've started getting back into it. I know the uh, love pro wrestling shows you've the first one, I think you fought Artemis Spencer, correct? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a lot of fun. And yeah, like I, I suffered a couple injuries and, and, now I'm finally like back and I, I'm getting like things rolling again and got some stuff planned for the fall and like I'm getting excited again, you know, like this mm-hmm. is going to try and make a run of it again, of course. Well, I know recently with LPW, I mean, you've sort of aligned yourself with the clandestine society. And I know when I talked to uh, Stephen Crow a few weeks back, I'd mentioned, you know, like having uh them as a faction that actually will travel together and you know work other promotions it's something you don't see often you see tag teams you'll see singles but a faction not as much i think that's a very creative thing to do and now you've you know sort of aligned them yourselves with them after facing the rads and mitch clark at the last show yeah yeah that's correct yeah so i mean 
you faced off with MRB. You're sort of aligned with him now. I mean, what's it like, you know, you, you grow the experience with him, you know, facing off and now almost, you know, partnering up together. Yeah. It's like a, it's a massive respect thing. Like I, there's nobody, I don't think that I respect more than him in wrestling for the amount of stuff that he's done for others and the people he's trained and, and the amount that he's done for me as well. And like, he was the guy I wrestled like my tryout match with at our tryout in, in Ontario. And we mesh really well together. And he's, I, I would say he's probably my favorite guy to wrestle. It, it's, it's funny. Cause when you walk in and you see you're wrestling him, it's like, Ooh, well, not that you phone it in. I try to never, but you're certainly not going to, when you're wrestling him, you're going to have to really make sure you're uh, ready to work your ass off. But yeah, that, that I just respect him a lot, and I see a lot of him and his brother, his little brother Steve, mm-hmm. and Taryn. I always say this, but uh, Taryn from accounting is is maddeningly nimble in the ring, like on her rolls and stuff like that. She's so smooth and so quiet when she does stuff, which is something that I I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but you look and you don't necessarily think she'd be as nimble as she is but she's more nimble than and just about anybody i've ever seen <laughs> mm-hmm. now are you going to be a part of the next show coming up april tw- or august 25th is it yes i'm actually challenging it's 26th i believe okay and i'm challenging adam Ryder for the infinity championship the wrestlecore infinity championship so okay that's that should be a good one. I know Adam has really been a big part of the scene out in the Pacific Northwest the past I mean, he's been there for a bit, but the past, you know, six months I've been hearing his name nonstop out there. That's great. Yeah, he's been really blowing up and like him and Blaze have had some like crazy matches and mm-hmm. I know they had a really good match at the dungeon wrestling event in Calgary earlier yes. in July. And uh no, he's really expanding around and i'm I'm really excited to uh to wrestle him and then try and uh, shoehorn my way into wrestlecore as well <laughs> no definitely well i mean you mentioned you know wrestlecore is there other places or promotions you want to get involved with to make your way towards whether it's out east out west more yeah anywhere honestly like wrestlecore is really cool um greek town uh out east uh, run by another guy that was at our tryout named Channing Decker he's really doing like a lot of cool stuff on the indies like he just had a couple a series of matches against freaking Rob Van Dam like this guy is like like and he's crazy too mm-hmm. um, but it's like a really cool promotion I've some of the other stuff like uh Sean Moore just came back and he's been going out I think going out all over the place. I know he wrestled for super kicked in the past. Super kicked looks like a lot of fun. That's another one that's out East and looks like a very rabid fan base that I, uh, I think I would enjoy. I mean, when you're not wrestling, you know, hometown, you, you must enjoy the getting under the fan skins. Oh, of course. (laughs) But I, I'm, I mean, it can go both ways and it's funny because the Saskatoon crowd's the exact opposite. Like I'm, they love me for whatever reason. So, mm-hmm. 
it, it's one of those things where like it doesn't matter you know how much they might hate you elsewhere it, your home area they're going to support you no matter what you know almost that like a mjf in long island sort of thing yeah yeah apparently <laughs> so like they're they're just like a, a type of fans that just enjoy good wrestling and i i'd like to think i can deliver on that front so i i think i earn their respect in that sense and especially some of the crazy stuff we've done up there with like fans bring the weapons of me and mcsugar against blaze and brandon van danielson and stuff and just getting the absolute shit kicked out of you i'd like to feel i earned a little something anyways Mm -hmm. I, I think the fans, they, they recognize and they, they respect that, you know, especially when you're putting, when you're doing what you guys are doing and, you know, going that extra mile, putting in that little bit more effort. I think they realize just what you're giving to them. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I mean, obviously we do it because we love it and enjoy it as well, but it, it is nice to be recognized for it as well. Uh, I know I was uh, on looking on your Instagram the other day, and uh, there's one video up there of the uh, deadlift suplex off the ropes. Oh, yeah, of course. Which, I do that all the time, yeah. That looked absolutely incredible. I'm always amazed when someone can pull that off. Oh, the one on, I assume Kenny Stryker is the one that I have on Instagram. I think that- so. Yeah, that one was massive. I don't know why for whatever reason, but yeah, no, that's uh, one of my usual in my repertoire all the time gotta get gotta gotta make sure to do that one <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it'll i the first time i ever saw a suplex pardon me off the ropes i think it was like abushi and osprey from new japan and ever since then anytime i see it i'm like excuse me that it it always stands out yeah it, it's i'm surprised nobody's stolen it not that i've ever seen anyways but um i uh I actually stole it from Cesaro when he did it with, um, uh, I think him and Sami Zayn had that match on NXT years okay. and years ago. And uh, he did it out of the corner, actually. Like, and he did a proper, like, sort of deadlift with it. Mm-hmm. And I misremembered it or I forgot or something. So I just stood in the middle of the ropes and did it. And it just sort of has always been like that now. Mm-hmm. I think it looks great. It's a fantastic, you know, move to the repertoire the you mentioned that era of nxt and that's something that like i kind of got in right after that like the takeovers after the first takeover that's what i was in it so i've actually never seen their like i think it's a two out of three falls match they had i think that's i can't remember to be honest like i haven't watched it for a number of years i've always loved uh cesaro or castagnoli or whatever you want to call him he's always he's phenomenal obviously but yeah, that match, I just remember that I thinking that was so cool and me, my misremembering of it did it a little differently and it's just sort of stuck now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, now, upcoming shows for yourself, you, you got the LPW show August 26th. What else do you have lined up? Um, there will be ringside wrestling the first weekend in September. I'm not exactly sure of the date, to be honest with you. And we got some other like, little bit of uh surprisey stuff that we're not fully revealing yet in october and onward for a number of months so stay tuned for that um i like to ask every guest that i have on for a match recommendation uh that you are a fan of that you think that the listeners should go out and watch oh wow um 
Kane versus Albert for the Intercontinental title. I don't know which one it is, though. There's two of them. Let me just double check. I can give you the date. Sure. I just got to quickly look it up on YouTube. <laughs> um, Kane versus Albert from uh, June 14th, 2001. That, that is the one. That is quite the choice. I respect that. It's it it's very obscure, but like man, they work hard and they do a lot of cool stuff that honestly these two three hundred plus pound guys have no business doing or not that you would expect. It's a nice short match, probably about six to eight minutes, of course, mm-hmm. right? Like that era of Raw. But that was when Kane was Intercontinental Champion after he defeated Triple H in the chain match. And, man, his matches with Albert are just fun, man. Like, they do some cool stuff. I don't know if Kane was just in the mood to really, like, put on his working pants that day or something. But they're fun matches. If you go back and look at those, you know, uh, early 2000s, late 90s, WWEF, WCW matches, I mean, there's some good gems out there well for real and like the nice thing with this one for your listeners is they're they're pretty short like this one's short this one's under like i said under eight minutes for sure Mm -hmm. it's just a short little thing you can just watch when you're going for a walk or whatever you want but trust me i i think it's a i think it's a underrated little hidden diamond in the rough uh, I came across it was Bret Hart and Dean Malenko from Nitro, and it was like a six minute match. But I'm like, I'll watch that, and I bet it was great. It was fantastic. Bret's so fantastic. Not that Malenko's not, but like, man, they're both so fantastic. Oh. I, I'd also like how Bret's almost got. I don't want to say like a resurgence in the past little bit, but it seems like he's been out there way more with like the references from, you know, like FTR and CM Punk, and you see more like shirts of him out there. I love seeing more of the hitman out there. Yeah. I actually had the pleasure of meeting him for the first time at that dungeon pro show. I'd never met him and pretty, pretty cool to, I don't often get like, Ooh, that's so-and-so, but like, man, this is Brett freaking heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's gotta be a trip. Someone you see wrestling on TV and then all of a sudden he's just right in front of you. You're wrestling in front of him and he's a part of that show. So. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Like it's the big, big one was like when you're doing stuff, if you're like an extra on raw or something and like all these people are like, I remember abyss was one of the agents on raw at that time. I'm like, Holy shit. It's fucking abyss. Like, <laughs> I loved abyss. Abyss was sweet. Uh, abyss Underrated is, big man. Exactly. Abyss is another one that doesn't get the respect he deserves. He, he he couldn't like I know he's pretty beat up, but he could move really well at one point in time. Mm-hmm. And I always thought I always enjoyed Abyss and unfairly called the Kane Mankind clone or whatever you want to hardcore Kane, right? But that, mm-hmm. that very unfair. I I liked Abyss. Mm-hmm. He had some very good matches in uh, TNA back when he first started. I mean, he was one of the oh, main yeah. eventers there for so long. But yeah. Um, for those listening that, uh, if they're not already following you on social media, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram is my name, Michael Allen, Richard Clark, Twitter is at team flex appeal. And yeah, I don't post a lot, but I get the odd modeling thing posted. If you're <laughs> <into> that. <laughs> you did have a good, uh, video of bench pressing the rad's weights, which I thought was fantastic. So. Yeah. Thank you. I was starting to get into reels, I guess. Michael, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
Thank you so much to Michael Allen, Richard Clark for joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. It was an absolute pleasure to have him on. Thank you so much for joining me and uh, sharing your story so far. It was a great time. Thank you to him. Thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time and I always say it. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. If it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter at GreenmakerPod. Um, that's where I'm most active. Up on Instagram, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. That's where I will post the upcoming guests or the topic of what the podcast will be a few days before it comes out. So that's where you want to be following for all the latest podcasts, you know, guests, news, that sort of stuff. Um, Facebook, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, up on all podcast streaming platforms. And uh, I think that's it. Oh, email grainmakerpodcast at gmail.com. So, questions comments concerns hit me up on there and i think that covers everything i've got t-shirts for sale 25 bucks a piece uh variety of sizes so uh hit me up if you want one and i will make sure i can get one into your hands whether it's locally or sending it out your way via mail so i think that covers everything thanks again for checking out the podcast we'll talk soon